Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, okay, listen now for the click track, everybody. Uh, and away we go. This is uh, track one. Take one, yeah. One, two, three, four. Hello, my name is Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan and welcome to the first edition of Before the Encore for 2022. It's a very exciting time. Um, I'm recording this podcast and intro on Freedom Day. Freedom Day being the uh, 22nd of January. It's uh, The world seems to be kind of changing at a fairly rapid pace, so um, God knows what, <laughs> what situation we're going to be in um, for the next before the encore intro I suppose I'll provide an update then but uh, so far it's looking like 2022 is shaping up to be an exciting year um, and sharing some personal news I will be moving full time into the music industry in 2022 and working on um, working on music production mix engineering um, hopefully some more live streaming and this podcast as well full time um, no encore and before the encore I'm very very excited about it um, I'm terrified, but uh, here's hoping that it will be a successful year. This month I have a very special guest. I'm very, very, very happy to be joined by Becca Maloney. Becca Maloney is an artist manager. She is a stage designer and she is a booking agent. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing Becca now since the actual, the first time I met Becca was on the uh, photography shoot for the cover artwork of Nilo's record, All the Leaves Are Fallen. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been maybe a year and a half that we've known each other, maybe a little bit more. And since then, I've kind of seen her just move into all these different aspects of the music industry and be so prolific at what she does as a freelancer. And um, yeah, I've like very much been looking forward to having a chat to her since she uh, since I I actually told her about this idea. Um, in the summertime 
before anything had kind of launched and you know just kind of said if it ever was to come to fruition would you like to sit down so very very fortunate now to um have had the conversation this evening and just have been just to chill out um we met in my studio here in dublin and um it was so much fun just sitting down getting to have have the chats and you know I, I was really looking forward to picking her brain about all the different kind of lanes she's stepped into in the music industry um and what she's done to date just to drill down a little bit further into what uh, Beckett does within those lanes of the music industry. She is the artist manager for Celevi Demai, a female rapper from uh, Galway, now living in Dublin. She's done stage designs for Shiv, Bobby Arlo and Nilo. And she works as a booker for Archetype, who um, would be involved in the booking of Life Festival. And also uh, she works freelance for St. Patrick's Festival as well, um, which is... Uh, shaping up to be a very exciting one for 2022 so um so thanks in advance to becca for all your hard work with all that out of the way no more delays here is the latest edition of before the encore with becca maloney bigger when i call you now i don't want to chase you down i don't want to play around i don't want to play these games i just want to make these sounds i just want to dig you down sitting in my feminine bottom for life within a sentence cling to me Close to my heart, still breaks temperament Damn, you such a fucking bitch How could you scoop so low? Sounds to burn a private, burn a private Don't let your feelings show Don't let your feelings show This has been a long time in the pipeline, I think. Yes, I'm very excited. Me too. Um, it's a Saturday evening. It's the day. It's Freedom Day. Freedom! It's Freedom Day. Um, and what better way to spend it than sitting in my studio. <laughs> oh, you couldn't possibly imagine being anywhere else. It's grand. The watershed's gone, so you can go for points after eight o'clock, whatever Excellent. you want. Um, Becca Maloney is joining me today. And Becca, you're... So prolific. I can't, I don't even know where to begin. Stop, please. Um, and that's, no, that's, ge- I'm being genuinely serious. I think anyone who knows the work that you do would, um, you know, attest to that. And you're an artist manager. Mm-hmm. You're a stage designer. Sometimes. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. And more recently you said you've been booking acts. Yes, doing some music bookings. I think because that's the most recent mm. um, thing that you've been up to. I'd like yeah. to hear about sure. how you've got, first of all, how you came to kind of navigate your way into that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose your experience with it so far, how it's been, is, is it something that you've, you know, you, you ever saw yourself doing and is it something that you've been enjoying? Excellent question. Because no, I had no idea that this was on my horizon. In fact, music in general was never on my horizon. Um, I was always originally interested in film and content creation. And when I decided to pursue that and I got back to Dublin at the end of 2019, I just started inviting myself to things, um, thinking like artists will definitely let me take photos of them, even though I have no portfolio. I invited myself to a Salavita My gig after seeing a video of her opening for the It Gals. And I was like, who the hell is this? I need to go and take photos of her. She's amazing. And then literally from that day forward, I kind of just started doing that. Got really good friends with Mai. And then I started managing her and kept like being available and going to all the shoots. And I met Nelly 
through her Nilo mm-hmm. um, and then like all of that just had like knock on effects into like my kind of introduction into music and all of a sudden I was just like landing in these music roles so the music booking thing again nothing I ever thought I would be doing but <clears throat> I used to work with St. Patrick sorry <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> I worked with St. Patrick's Festival um, doing digital marketing and there I met Neil who runs Archetype um, whom are an incredible events company who do a lot of different things and I always told him that like I was interested in uh, you know this new scene emerging out of Ireland and that it was something that I kind of really wanted to get involved with in a different way and he was like well come back to me like when you actually know what you want to do so I literally took a year of like researching, observing, working, networking and I came back to him and I was like, I have some ideas and then he just was like, okay, I'm going to give you some opportunities here to book some stuff, whatever you think and let's see how it goes. And I did my first one with him for the Guinness Storehouse and I booked uh, 249 performances over the space of like six weeks and that's not including all of the performances that got cancelled because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot more uh, and I had 10 day, ten days lead in before the festival started to do that. And you got it all Yeah, nicely yeah. kind of tucked away in the yeah. end. For, yeah, no, so, fair play. I was uh, just, to, I was supposed yeah. to be uh, transparent. I was one of the acts you that, were? that was booked. Um, I said, I, get in here and do that DJ thing. <laughs> yeah, and I did. <laughs> yes. And I had a great time. And Good. everything was so seamless. Like, yeah. it was so nice to see that everything was running, like, almost yeah. everything was kind of running independently of, you know, the people who were involved, which, yeah. was, which is a testament to the work that was put in beforehand, I think. Yeah. Um, no, it was a great event. Um, it was really stressful, but when you kind of see like how many artists are getting that many gigs and, you know, the buzz of that and then the buzz of like getting those invoices in and seeing how much money is going out to everyone, I swear, like just makes it work, worth it because you're like, this is deadly. Like, yeah, I was given an opportunity and then I was able to like give these many people these many gigs and it was literally that, like, at that kind of stage, I was just like, I love booking because it's just such a good buzz, like, to be able to put people up. And I kind of think that the industry is in dire need of people who are just, like, going to do different things and not just conform to, like, the regular lineups and, you know, all, like, even gender and, like, racial disparity and balance aside, like, actual different types of music genres taking chances on newer artists or people who are maybe underrated. Um, So I hope to, like, always be able to bring that, like, mindset into any booking gigs that I get. That, like, yes, there are incredible people who are, like, the first people you think of to give them opportunities, but then also, like, leave some room for, like, more people. Yeah. and I was able to do that with the Guinness Storehouse Winterfest and I hope to do that with all the other stuff that I am hopefully booking for this year. Yeah, I, I can see it going really, really well. Like if the, if the storehouse has yeah. anything to go by, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was so well run. Um, but there's two things you mentioned there mm-hmm. I kind of want to uh, circle back to and it's the, um, there was there was two key phrases. Mm. Um, the kind of emergence of a new yeah, seen an era of, yeah. um, I suppose creatives, and you know, it's not necessarily just music. Um, exactly. Yeah. While this is a music podcast, I think it's important to kind of, mm. you know, 
um, highlight that it isn't just exclusive to that industry, but you also mentioned the word opportunity. Yeah. And I think that given your movement across several, you've, you kind of wear several hats in the music industry, yeah, which is yeah, really definitely. nice, especially for someone who, like I personally think is very good at their job. And secondly, I think is massively embracing the change. Yeah. Um, and you can see that because you, you've done the artist management, you've done yeah. booking and you've done stage design. Yeah. Um, is is do you see yourself kind of developing something else, or is there kind of an avenue that you'd like to pursue outside of those three things, or is it's or is either one of those something mm. you'd like to drill down into a little bit more? Do you think? Yeah, well, um, I also like my main kind of money maker is content creation, yeah. so I do like photo and video as well, yeah. um, which I really like, and I think before I kind of thought that I maybe had to pick one avenue to take like really seriously and focus on that but I've just realised that like I actually don't have to pick anything because first of all I'm only 26 like I am just exploring like all of the fun and interesting sides of this industry um, while I can and I feel like it's especially beneficial right now being my age that like um, I also kind of sometimes like mentor slash like advise younger artists and stuff like that. And I feel like I'm approachable because I do like lots of different things. I'm not like trying to be like this expert on like one thing mm-hmm. or like I, I don't think anyone would ever classify me as like intimidating or unapproachable. Certainly and not, no. I feel like being in a, like all of these different scenes and circles, like getting to understand other people's roles, like makes you appreciate like the work you do. For example, I manage my obviously and... It's great that like I can either comment on or like organize or do myself like all of these different things, like knowing what's best for her rather than like going into it and being like, oh, I don't really know what any of this is about and like bluffing your way through it. Like I really like being able to like kind of understand all the different bits. And I obviously don't understand everything. Like I don't know the first thing about like chord progressions or like any of the technical stuff, but I like being involved in all those different kind of creative areas so that it's like when it comes to it, at least like I know what's going on. Um, and as well, like I get really bored really easily. That's why I decided to become freelance because I hate just doing one thing. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely not one of those I really want to nail down on, except I do think that I'm starting to do enough stuff that I need to kind of like, kind of put them into different departments. So Caught Up Creatives is kind of like my visual um, creative business. That's like my photography, videography, music videos, that kind of a thing. Um, and then I'm kind of doing the music thing, which I might like maybe put into another kind of business which would be like the management the mentoring um but when is this podcast coming out um it will be out on the 31st of of this month oh okay well monday week okay so coming very soon is a big project that i've started with two other amazing creatives um and it's basically going to be dedicated to urban culture in ireland and internationally we are called mo cultivation and um, we are going to be launching ourselves to the world very soon, but we're still kind of working on the behind the scenes stuff and um, mm-hmm. getting ready for the launch. We have an amazing designer, Grace Enamaku, doing our brand identity. Um, and my team is Red, who you know, yeah. and Iman Dagari. I met her um, through another kind of collective a while back and I just really respect them so much in what they do. Like Like you were saying, it's not just about music like events, culture, you know, art, all of that. 
those two, like I really respect them for all that they do in those areas. Mm-hmm. So I kind of asked them, would they be on board with this idea I have? Uh, and then, yeah, now we're actually like bringing it to the world. So that's going to be exciting. It is certainly exciting for like a new year to have that kind of coming. Yeah. Like so immediately, you know, um, yeah. I know you say it's coming soon. Obviously, there's no, there's no uh, date on that. <laughs> I was, nice to get the exclusive, I have oh, to say. Oh, that was the exclusive, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, no, that is, that does sound extremely exciting. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, what comes out of that for, mm. for this year. I yeah, think, putting um, a lot of energy into that at the moment yeah. in it, terms of like, I really do enjoy that like music side of it. So now I'm kind of just focusing that energy there. And then, like I said about, you know, the mentoring thing and like working with young artists and opportunities. I really hope that from Mo Cultivation, I can do more of that stuff more officially, like where you can get like funding and like, you know, host workshops or like, you know, songwriting camps, stuff like that. Like I'd love to do all that in the future. So I think that's where I'm like channeling that music energy into. That's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I think there's like, um, I, there are obviously, you know, collectives, there are businesses that are doing things like yeah. that. I think to kind of focus more on something so ground level and like mm. grassroots level is an excellent idea. I think we're going to see like, I think we're going to see more, you, you know, with the mentoring thing, mm. we're going to see more artists that'll be more confident coming into, yeah. you know, an industry setting because I find that like personally I found when I was an artist many, many moons ago, I was in a band and um, nice. you know, that's that's no secret. But like trying to navigate trying to navigate the industry yeah, as an individual sick. who just wants to do one <laughs> thing, you know, yeah. like all we wanted to do was make music. Yeah. Um like I think there is there's such an onus on having some kind of business acumen yeah. when it comes into music. Um and I think that uh, having, you know, having someone to kind of mm. give you advice and someone yeah. to kind of, you know, help shape your view of the industry. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Help shape your view of the industry is so important. And yeah. I think it will be important going forward. I don't think, like, particularly now in an age where we're all so connected and everyone can be the one-stop shop yeah you know you can be the content creator yeah. and the artist and the producer and the mix engineer and everything else mm. you know you can be all of that um but i think you know one of the best things it seems that a lot of people um a lot of artists i know and artists who i would have had experience with you know, back in the day when mm-hmm. I was kind of in the scene on the same level was like the main thing that stood you up above anyone else was having a team. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it doesn't necessarily matter who, what that team is. Yeah. Um, why, but like it could be a, a producer, yeah. uh, it could be a manager and even like a videographer, a creative director, something like that. Yeah. Um, Teams make such a difference. Yeah, you look yeah. at the likes of Camomile Records are doing like I, such oh, a great thing amazing. right now, you know. Yeah. Um, how important do you rate on that level mm. the management role? Um, honestly, like I only know from my herself telling me like, you know, how easier things are since we started working together and like how much more supportive she feels and therefore like confident in what she's doing and 
you know, like she's not one for, you know, the emails and the formalities and like the amount of like forms and documents and contracts and things that you have to sign. Like it does take up so much of your time. And to a lot of people, like even like, unfortunately, the you know, application process of even getting like funding or other yeah. opportunities, it's really intense. Sorry, Jules. Yeah. And like you would be so put off by it. Do you know what I mean? As, as an artist, yeah, if yeah, you were as an, an artist, artist an artist looking in, you know, if you had to kind of take on everything yourself, yeah. I definitely think, yeah, yeah. that's, that's so 100%. I think, yeah, like in I terms agree, of like yeah. admin and stuff, I'd say, I'd say she probably could have gotten a lot more when she started, like if only she had someone really guiding her, you know, like Mai's been around the block and she's been in the game for so long, but I feel like only, and she feels the same way, like only now that she has like an actual team with her best interests at heart. And people who are like really supporting her and her work. Does she feel like she can actually now start to grow and to thrive when before it was just like without that kind of like support system and people to kind of like help you, not just with admin and like negotiating and and money and stuff like that, but like egging you on, like uh, ensuring you that like, you know, that the journey is worth it and being there for you when there's setbacks because there will always be setbacks and having a laugh as well and just like people you can hang out and trust and that would be you know honest with you but kind as well like not everybody has that and I have seen the difference in her anyway just like is the most kind of direct experience I have with the benefits of having like management or a good team is that you just have time to be an artist you have time to focus on the art and yourself like you can't you can't focus on your art blah 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 probably have a full-time job and like be kind to yourself like there's there's not time for everything no there's only 24 hours in a day exactly you know with the kind of um, standing of the industry at the moment a lot of artists have you know, they have a full-time job yes, or exactly. even a part-time job. Like, it's so difficult yeah. to juggle all of those yeah. things and spin all of those plates and yeah. not have something come crashing down. And it's always like a thing. Um, my therapist years ago used to say that you can spin as many plates as you want. Yeah. But when that first one falls, mm. the rest when the rest of them fall, the crash gets louder. Yeah. And, like, I think that was, like, such a good framing and I think it's such a good framing for the kind of the artist led part of the industry where it's mm-hmm. like you have to, there's almost like, I don't know if it's a pressure or if it's like, uh, it's like an unspoken thing almost, or even like, it could even be pride. Like the, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that um, where artists feel like they have to do everything themselves and they want to do everything yeah. themselves because it like makes yeah. them seem more than yeah. X or Y. Whereas, like, I'm such a big believer in handing off things that mm. you can, so you can focus on the one thing yeah. you want to do the most. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there are plenty of artists who want to be the best that they can be in yeah, all of in those all fields. The, yeah. But in order, I think, like, you look at the most successful people in the world, mm. they're, they're hand they're focusing on their craft yeah. in, in the music industry in particular. You know, I'm going back to that because obviously it's a music podcast, yeah. but... Um, you know, you can't do it all. No. And you shouldn't. I don't think you no, should. You shouldn't I completely have to. agree with you. And I, I did actually work with an artist before who did want to do it all and wouldn't let go. Mm. And 
because they were so talented and incredible at their art, um, it was so important to them that they were in control of everything else. They matched the level. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, you can't be this controlling when you're trying to form relationships with people around you because you need to let go a little bit, you know. And if you want to reap the rewards of having a team or having support or having collaborators, like you need to see them as your equal and you need to appreciate their time and their help and also, um, you know, like do what's right for you, but, you know, to let go a little bit. If you want if you want to work with people, like you need to let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an element to that. And I think in the initial stages, we spoke about new artists, yeah. it's kind of going back to that point again. You know, when you nowadays everyone can record something in their yeah. bedroom, like everything yeah. is so available. You know, it's not like the 80s or the 70s yeah. where, you know, recording equipment costs hundreds of thousands. Exactly. And there was, yeah. You know, there was 10 or 12 of them in each city. In sure, each we all have city. YouTube now. Yeah, well, it, well, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the, it is the university yeah. of YouTube, you know, and I will put my hands up and say, I learned most of my stuff back in my teens when yeah. YouTube had just become a thing. Mm. You know, YouTube didn't exist <laughs> yeah. when I was... Okay. When I was so when I was small, but now you're kind of growing up in this yeah. world where, you know, kids have access to all of this information, yeah. and they can be experts at twelve years old, yeah. and it's it's so incredible. But I also think it can be counterproductive in the sense of there's then a reluctance to, yeah, like to you say, actually, let go yeah. and to hand off and yeah. um and not nece- it's not necessarily just a reluctance. Maybe yeah. it's just um. I don't think ignorance is the right word. It's I think. like, oh, sure, but I could do that myself. Why would I let them do it? Exactly. Or why do I need to pay what's, for them to do that? What's the point? Yeah, exactly. You know, I yeah, think, yeah, you yeah. know, why, why is yeah. the question that's always asked. And I, like, I, I of course, I'm going to have to shop myself as a producer. But, yeah. like, I think as a producer, I see where I add value. Yeah. I have a totally impartial view of your work. And mm-hmm. I can hear it. And I can listen to it. Yeah. And I can dissect it. And... All while learning about you as a person and who you are as an artist, I then start to put things together and Mm. I start to see maybe there's a gap and, oh, actually, you know, you're saying this, but I don't think this is conducive to what you're trying to say Mm. or, you know, things like that. You're trying to kind of put, you're trying to put the puzzle together to, to make the bigger picture. And, you know, I certainly hope that the roles that, are there right now like the roles like me and you mm-hmm. the, the team mm. you know quote unquote the team yeah um around the artist I hope that stays relevant um I think it will I think it will as well because like we were saying before about like letting go but also like exhaustion like you can't be the best at everything all the time take care of yourself like you know, take care of your, your family, your relationships, your friendships. Like some people are studying or have, do you know what I mean? Commitments. It's like, do you honestly think, I mean, I myself have to remind myself of that. I'm like, mm-hmm. how many plates can I spin with, like before it gets ridiculous? Like even I was saying to you, but when I came in, like today's the first time I took a day off in three weeks. Yeah. But that was between like family commitments, work, like my studio, blah, blah, blah. And even though I'm like, oh, but this is all stuff I love and I'm having fun and this is what I want to do. It, it's it, still like... That, like <laughs> that's the voice that's kind of yeah. almost... 
it, it almost goes against you. Yeah, so literally then I was just like, you know what, today I'm just literally, I binge watched a Netflix series today and I was like, I deserve this. What did you watch? I watched uh, Made. I have not watched it. Uh, I would say that it would be more so for the female audience. That's okay. However. I have an open mind. Yeah, it's very good. Um, Really good. Really simple. But like good storytelling. Yeah, love it. Um, But yeah, so I treated myself to that today. But like uh, actually on the whole thing about adding value and stuff. um, Recently I approached a young act who I think are amazing. And I asked them if they would be interested in my help like in an like in a not very official way but more so just like mentorship almost well, yeah kind of like if you have any questions like or you need some advice about like or need contact or like maybe I can get help you get some bookings and to like kind of build a relationship with them and I said you know um I genuinely just think you're fab and like you're very new and I'd love to kind of guide you in the right direction and fair play to him because one of the things he said was like, you know, people call us all the time offering this to us, but I just want to know, like, what can you give us that we can't do for ourselves? And I was like, that's a really good question. It's extremely important question. Yeah, and I was like, fair play for him just like saying that straight up. Like, you know, a lot of young people probably be very doe-eyed and like, oh, someone wants to help me. Great. Sounds good. Yes. Without even thinking about it. So I thought it was just like such a good sign that he even asked. Um, and then anyway, we he put us into a WhatsApp group with the other um, group member and I said, I've thought about your question and my answer is, um, I'm not a big shot and I probably don't know much about anything but the answer is, uh, you need to focus on your art and your work and not be worried about when your next gig is or like the application forms you need to fill out for festivals or whatever it is and like, kind of like Googling who do I contact for X, Y, Z when really you could be spending more time on your craft, yeah. engaging with your audience and, you know, learning and growing. And then they were like, yeah, we'd love to work with you. So I was Great. like, yeah. Well, like, I think that's like, it's the human connection, isn't it? Yeah. Because with the, like, if there's, you know, uh, again, I don't know the act, I'm not going to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's, say, if it's a big record company, if it's a big yeah. management label and there's money and there's this and yeah. there's that being thrown at, like, someone, it's so easy to say yes to that. Yeah. But, you know, what like, it, that kind of comes at a cost. Whereas, something like what you're saying is yeah. it's that human connection. It almost yeah. feels like the big industry. It's just a big name. There's no... Yeah. Re- Sometimes you feel like there's no real person there. Yeah, It's exactly. a name, but it's not really a person, yeah. you know. Whereas, on this level, yeah. like you said, you know, I'm not sitting in this big fancy office. Yeah. Um, I literally am like... You know, I'm... Yeah. I'm just doing my thing. I'm and just a person. Like I was saying earlier about me being young, I feel like it's a good time for me to be doing stuff like this because people can see, like, I am a peer. Yes. I am just a fellow creative in this industry. I happen to be in some roles that and know some stuff that I can help you out with. And I would love to eventually create a space where... It's not this big, it's not like I want to start a label and like try and make money from people. Like I'd love to find a way to like be mentoring people and like helping them and me plus others who have advice to give and to then go, you know, if then a year down the line, like they're fully equipped and they want to go and spread their wings, then you're like a proud mom and you're like, go into the world or like some manager comes along and was like, I I want to work with them and I'll be like, yeah, you go do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not looking for anything other than like to be a part of 
the start of something great, hopefully. Yeah. So there's no angle. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, I think that people feel that with me. So therefore, like it's always, you know, a relationship first built on like trust and kind of like respect. Because like I said before, I've I've worked with people who like don't have that trust and respect and I'm just not about that. My tagline is good vibes only. So I'm here for the good vibes. And it's like, if you want to ask me some questions... I'm not some like fancy person in a suit. I'm just a gal and I have a couple of answers for you. And if I don't know, I'll go find out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that is way more helpful and approachable than, you know, as like stuff with like labels, like people go, oh, great, I got a record deal. Like, you know, you have to pay back that money. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot more to it. There's so much to it. Yeah, it's more than the sum of its parts, you know. And um, like I said, that's like some information that kind of gets lost and not even like again I'm not I don't have it out for young artists I don't, I'm not saying they're like I'm not trying to say that all young artists are stupid or no, like, not anything all, like that like, you know? They should know I think it's a case of like it's nice to be able to not worry about yeah. things like that yeah you have someone there in a specific role within mm-hmm. your creative circle within your yeah. team to like assist you with these bigger things yeah that take away from the craft, that take away from the creativity, that take away from the time, like you said, writing songs, rehearsing for shows, having fun, engaging with the audience and like, just like, you see so many like, bands and acts having fun online, like, having the crack on the likes of Instagram, having the crack on the likes of Twitter. It's like, it's it's so important to be able to do that. To and be if that's a human. not your thing, say social media is not your yeah. thing. Someone else can do that as well. You yeah. know, there's like yeah, someone exactly. That, there's someone. There's there's a role for everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's you know I would hate to think that f- because of pride, someone would lose out on, like you say, yeah. reaping the rewards. Yeah, but like it does happen. Um, but I do think like because the industry is known to be like a sleazy, slimy place like in Ireland and Hollywood and beyond. I think that, you know, it is scary for artists to want to allow you in on their Spotify account and to have any sort of like control because they hear scary stories of, you know, you know, managers or agents or whoever like absolutely screwing them over and then like having their stuff and obviously that's I'm talking like as if there was loads of money involved and there's big royalties or whatever but Mm. like I completely understand why artists would want to have the control why they would want to be like they should be sceptical of anyone coming in being like I want to work with you and be involved in what you're doing you know what I mean so that's why I feel like I've I've kind of identified something that I enjoy, which is like this little gap of like really, really emerging. Like there's plenty of organisations that advise, you know, people, Angela Dorgan, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? There's loads of that for artists who actually know, like know what they're doing. They know who they are. They know what they want. They're moving on to the next stage. They're touring. They need funding. They need advice. They want to apply to stuff. But I'm talking about literally artists like just starting out going should I use my name or like a stage name? Should I, do you know what I mean? What should I do on social media? Like, do I need a website? You know, what's a press like list and what's yeah. a press release? And who do I contact? That kind of a thing, like a safe space where it's just like, yep, yeah, these are the things that can help. Forget about all that other stuff as well. And if you need someone to lean on, like I'm here, that's kind of the vibe that I'm going for. <laughs> um, like yeah. I said, I, you know, having 
been fortunate enough to be around you in those scenarios for the guts of a year now, yeah. I think. Um, which is, you know, it's really, really mad to think that it's I been know, so time long. Flies. Um but it's you know I can attest to it yeah um, that's nice yeah well it's true you know you, you feeling the vibes from over here from 100%, over there yeah I'm on two different couches to you. social distancing rules are gone but we're still social distancing oh my god freedom I know freedom. again harking back freedom day yes today. Um, my yes talk my baby me. girl talk to me about the the journey I want to know, like oh. you mentioned, where you, yeah, you where kind, we met that you kind of invited yourself to a show. I did. You spoke to her. Can we kind of go into a bit more detail on that? Because I don't know the full story. Okay. And I okay. want to know the full story. Okay, I'll bring it right back to the start, and I'll try not bore anyone. So I just landed back in Ireland. I hadn't a clue what I wanted to do. Um, where were you before? I was in New York. Okay. And before that, I was in Brussels. I was working in the tourism industry, doing marketing. And I decided very quickly that that's not what I wanted to do. Okay. I wanted to get into creative stuff. Got back to Ireland. Um, my mom does PR and communications. And she had an event um, that ne- that was like a premiere that... Um, people needed to be invited to kind of like an influencer type deal where we would invite people to it. They would hopefully post it on their stories for the movie and whatever. So the brief was basically like rappers and stuff like that because it was directed by an English rapper. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, hardly in Ireland am I going to find anybody? Because I was gone for two years. So like I had no idea what the scene was at all. And like pretty much when I left, I was just like, yeah, there's fuck all happening in Ireland. Mm. Um, So I sat down and I just started Googling and I was like, holy shit, what's going on here in Ireland? (laughs) Because um, hip hop, rap, R&B have always been like, you know, some of my favourite genres uh, to listen to since I was like a kid. And... I just never expected Ireland to have such an offering. So I realised I came across Salavita Mai and like came like was coming across all the names like Nilo, Rebel Phoenix and you know I think I knew of Kojak but Yeah, he probably would have only been kicking off when you left I'd say. Yeah, probably yeah. yeah. So this is like end of 2019 and um, When you came back. Yes, exactly. So um Came, like came across all these people. That's when I saw the video of my performing. Oops, sorry. Uh, that's when I saw the video of my performing the Ikals. She did the original Ikals intro podcast thing, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Who is this woman? Like, is this she? Whoa!" Um, so I invited her to the event, but she couldn't come. Um, but her manager at the time I met and. Um, that was grand whatever they all everybody went to the cinema and that was it but I kind of kept in touch with a couple of the people that I invited because I was just like oh these people are deadly mm. cool um, but then I saw a gig poster going up for Salavita Mai playing in Dublin um, that December in the Workman's Club and I reached out to her manager because I had met her and I said can I take photos of Mai at that gig and she was just like yeah sure no problem come through literally like didn't know any of them at all um, obviously I'm like talking for free here I did yeah. a lot of free work before I got to where I am now um, which is all part of the process um, 
So I met Mai and I took some photos of her. There was loads of people there. It was mad. It was hectic. It was very chaotic. There was like 50 people in the green room and just everybody <laughs> running around. One of those. It we've, was just we've like... Been, we've all been in that yeah, situation. It was just like, if you've been in any way involved in like background in the gig <laughs> yeah, industry yeah. or if you've been an artist, I think yeah. we've all seen something like, like that. Right. Holy shit, what's going on around here, lads? Um, but anyways, took photos um, and then... They were like, yeah, they loved the photos or, or for our next gig, you'll have to come, whatever, whatever. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And but me and my kind of we, we like followed each other on Instagram or whatever. And basically it was not until the following August that she was shooting the questions music video with Nilo. Nilo, yeah. Um, and that's where I met Nilo. And we have been very good friends ever since. So I was grateful to invite myself to that shoot. <laughs> and uh, that day, the, her artist at the time was like, um, I would love your help with my, I think that you have a lot to offer, like to a team. Yeah. And I just was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, I didn't know why they wanted me. Like I literally had no, no experience other than event management and, and digital marketing, which I guess is what they saw as the benefit. Um. But then uh, it turned out that you know, uh, the girl that was managing her at the time just like had to go and do her thing for a bit and it just kind of like fizzled out and I just took over. Um, so it was a natural. Yeah, it, it was very natural. Like, kind of transition, yeah. Yeah, and just I just kind of took over and then, yeah, it was just me and her. So I would say, though, both of us consider that really those first four months were like me getting to know the role, me getting to know my, us doing like a few things together, like really becoming friends. Mm. And then 2021 was our year of just work, 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 grind, strategy. Who are you as an artist? Like, what are we doing here? What are we saying? You know, no more, you know, spontaneous releasing or finishing a track just because you want to get it out. Like, I was just like, I want everything to be like meaningful for you and considered yeah exactly because a lot of it was like a little bit chaotic to be quite honest Mm. even like her gigs like with the DJ she had it was like all just very unrehearsed and kind of there was no live live band element or anything like that so I had like loads of goals in mind that I wanted for her and just kind of started banging them all out in 2021 like my wasn't even working we had like no money at all so I just did everything myself for her like all her visuals and stuff um, but then the the ball really started getting rolling with like live streams and just like cool features and, and stuff like that. So now this year, 2022, is our year. Like we keep saying, like this is the year for Salavita Mai. And stay tuned, everybody. Because, yeah. But that's our story. Yeah, I'm upset. It's showing other girls love that I ain't buff, yeah. Don't sleep on me, shawty, I ain't up, yeah. Don't sleep on me, shawty, I ain't up, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm upset. You showing other girls stuff like I ain't rough yet. Don't sleep on me, shawty, I ain't up yet. Don't sleep on me, shawty, I ain't up yet. Yeah, yeah. Lately, you've been moving hella different. Ain't picking my calls, you hella distant. Built walls, and I be on my china. Fucking other bitches, keep it real for an instant. Tell me, do you love me? Can you stay consistent? I've been a player, I've been by my business. Yeah, I'm upset. 
And it's a great story, I think. Um, yeah, it's cute. It was a long one. But it's like, it, these things are, these relationships and, you know, friendships, I suppose, more than anything as are forged over time. And, yeah. you know, myself and Nilo have that, mm. I, I feel um, that we have it. Uh, I think that myself and Rebel Phoenix have it um, mm. as a producer with an artist. We're yeah. working together for the last kind of year and a half. Nice. Um, which has been great. Myself and Bobby Arlo, I feel like we have mm. that. Um, you know, because like yourself with my, well, not necessarily with my, but like what you're trying to do with other artists yeah. where you have them, not have them, but you kind of are engaging with them yeah. at such an early stage in their career. Myself and I had that with Bobby Arlo. Nice. So um, I met her at a very kind of early uh, early point where she was, she kind of didn't really know what the Bobby Arlo thing was. Yeah. And, you know, she didn't really, like I said, didn't really have, like you said, yeah. it was like, what, you know, who are you as an artist and yeah. like, what's the identity? So um, since like meeting her, she's managed to like, just like tick all of those boxes off. And it's so amazing to see, like, because I'm not as close as you would be you know, I, I'd be... Friendship wise. Well, no, not necessarily so much like that, but more so like um, with the artist, I feel like I'm maybe slightly, I think a manager is more engaged on a regular basis. Of course, where, yeah, definitely. You know, whereas I, as a producer, mm. I'm engaged in the studio and in the kind of processes before and after. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the same um, kind of en- level of engagement, mm. I don't think. Um but at the same time, it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, it's such a great thing to see an artist yeah, grow. Yeah, of course. Um, and on the topic of Bobby Arlo and on the topic of Nilo. Yes. I mentioned that the top of the, the top of the, um, you know, chat we're having now that you have done some stage design work. Yes. And, you know, I'm not just saying it because you're here in front of me, but it was phenomenal. Um, oh anyone God. who was at the Button Factory show, um, for Nilo's tour, the All the Leaves Are Falling tour, Becca designed that set. Yeah. And Becca also designed the set for Bobby Arlo's headline show in the Grand Social. That's true. Um, has, is there anything I'm missing? Is there any other projects that you've been um, involved in today? I also did Shivs. Yes, you in, did. In Was it The Workman? Uh, no, Soundhouse. Soundhouse, yeah. excuse me. That um, was gorgeous. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. That was probably my favourite one because it was a bit different. Um, it was very her. Yeah, I was so glad that I was able to... Actually, one of the best compliments I've ever received in relation to my kind of stage design stuff is I had never met her sister ever, um, but we were up in the green room after um, and she just kind of was like, oh, guys, this is Becca. She did the thing thing. And everybody was just like, oh, it was fab. And her sister goes... Um, she was just like I couldn't have possibly imagined a better stage design for Shiv than that like you captured her personality in it and like I had literally met Shiv once before that mm-hmm. but we had we were chatting lots and I was trying to get to know her and her. I'm a huge fan of her music yeah. and her visuals and like her energy and everything so I felt like I already like connected with her on that like creative level bef- before we even like got a chance to get to know yeah, each other. Yeah. And she also was like amazing. She sent me like mood boards and like references and stuff, which is obviously she's so good. Like she, yeah. she's one of the people who I know. And again, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be able to work with her too. Yeah. Um, even though she is living in France and mm. she's kind of over and back, it's it, she's incredible. She's an incredible artist. Yeah, and she's she amazing. Knows who she is. Like oh, she knows who time. she is, and like it. For someone like me and someone like you, yeah. 
when an artist like that with such a strong identity and yeah. sense of self comes to to you to work, it makes you so, so much, much easier, easier to make yeah. decisions. Seriously, yeah. You know, it just makes things like yeah, she much was... more straightforward and you're not, you kind of, you're not making any guesses and you're yeah, not you're having not to digging. make educated guesses. You're not having to do that. No. And, you know, sometimes people, like sometimes someone might not want to talk about themselves and like who they are yeah. as an artist and stuff. They might, it might be something that they kind of one haven't discovered yet, or two mm. are maybe slightly uncomfortable about. Yeah. Um, and you know that can, while that is just a growth thing, that's something that will you know manifest into learning more about yourself and then defining that over time. When someone already has that defined coming yeah, to you, it's, it's just like, it's just great. Like, you know, um, she yeah, she was all over it, and I loved it because it made it really easy for me. Um, and then again, like uh, most of these things, like are very small scale. Like these are independent artists. I'm not ever looking for much money f- from it, but like even with the small like kind of budget, I do love being able to do something like different and that kind of caters to them and. Yeah, it was fab. I loved doing that. Um, I also did one for Nilo in the Workman's Club as well, and I did. Yeah, that was the that was the two the the, the two shows. The back, yeah, the back to back ones. That was, um, and and I also did the Camar Records Havana Club. That was excellent. Yeah, in that was Workman's. Fa- as was well. that Workman's? That or was Workman's yeah. as well. Yeah. But the Nelly one in the Workman's Club back in September. That was the first time I ever did that. It was great. Yeah, uh, and it was literally so far had gathered from my dad's um, garden uh, my dad helped me put yeah, it yeah I remember it. I yeah, remember on the he's day he's like my right hand man when, whenever he's available <laughs> uh, but but then like I, I invested in like really good lights and fake candles and stuff that I went on to use for like almost all the other ones I did but that was the first time I actually did it for stage I had done it plenty of times before for photo and video and that's why I was like confident enough to execute it but I remember Neilo asked me to do it and I was like Again, that thing of like, why are you asking me? Like, why? And he was just like, because I know that you'll do a good job. Like, and he's just like, I had literally never said before, like, yeah, I'm, I, I would be good at stage design. He just was like, I think that you will be. So really, I have to hand it to him for like, kind of just like throw, like making myself just get thrown Jump into, into it. Jump into deep end, yeah. Because yeah. then after that, it was like a knock on effect. Like people had seen what I had done and then kind of got me involved. Um, the Havana Club event with Kamal Records was amazing, but I have never been so tired in my life. <laughs> like, I, if anybody who's listening to this went to that event, like, they'll know that, sh- that shit was a jungle. Um, and yeah, that, well, You saw the photos and the videos. Like, I think you'd have to be living <laughs> in some kind of box if you missed it, oh you know, especially if you're involved in any way in the, in the industry in Ireland, yeah, particularly in Dublin. It was like, I remember... Seem, like I wasn't at the gig, no. unfortunately, but the gig was rammed. Yeah, it um, was. It was nuts. The stage looked like it did look like a jungle. It looked yeah. like it was. It looked like it had just been like picked from the Amazon, and it was. It was beautiful. Like the way it, everything was was absolutely stunning. Um, the same with the with the Nilo, Nilo show at the Button Factory. Everybody loved that one. Like it's funny. I thought it was just incredible. It it, it was because, you know, I we'd done that whole tour and there hadn't been stage design no. on the rest of the shows yeah. and obviously we wanted to make that Dublin show really, yeah. really special. Um, and I had something in my head because, you know, uh, Nilo told me that we were going to be 
having a stage yeah. and it was a proper design stage mm-hmm. and, he, and he mentioned that you were doing it and immediately I was like yeah okay great we're in good hands here no <laughs> but this, no great. but you know what I mean like it, it is one of those things where it's like you just kind of know when you know someone you, you've kind of worked with someone in yeah. other facets and you understand mm-hmm. they're a professional and you're, you have some kind of gauge as to how good of a job they'll do it's like yeah no Beck will oh, do a great job I so um, you. It, you know when I saw it in the flesh when yeah. I walked in to the button factory just before sound check it was exactly what I imagined it being. Oh, fabulous. You know, and it was like such a gr- perfect homage yeah. to the record yeah. and the visuals of the record. Yeah. And it's clear that you pay attention to those details. Yes, I did. I actually assisted with that shoot in the woods. I remember I yeah. was there. I was one of the ghosts. Yes. There's a little Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was delighted to be able to do that because it was like full circle. It was... Almost exactly a year, I think, since the album was released. Just under a year to the yeah. day. I think it was a couple of days previous to um, the change. And I love, like, I'm a plant mom. So, like, I love all things plants, trees, foliage. Um, so it was great that I was able to do that. And that I had a budget, like, what people don't really know about all that is like how pricey it is so it was, it's really nice when you get a good budget like same with the Havana event like yes you can do a good job with what you have and um, but as a creative like you always just wish you had that like little bit more like little bit more resources so you could like really take it there um, and thankfully like that's that whole like vision and identity is so important to Nilo that like he was willing to invest in that like which I love it's just like yes this is for your audience for you for your music for your band for everything like to just put the money and time into that um I think is is amazing not everybody obviously has the privilege of being able to afford to do that but um it's funny uh everybody always says how much they liked that but I actually, that actually wasn't how I wanted it to look. Well, like I said, I thought it was a, it was a great homage. I think we're our worst critics. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. despite what avenue within any creative <laughs> yeah. industry we're in, I think we are oh, our worst definitely. critics. But I, you know, if people are saying that you did a good job, yeah. you know, it's that thing where uh, I think you can probably take the fact. Yeah, that you did when a good like job. everyone was like, "Oh my god," and like that's actually what Shiv saw that she asked me to do hers. I know, yeah, I remember that. She, I remember coming off stage because I DJed for Shiv that night, um, and I came off stage and she said she was like the stage looks so good yeah, yeah. I remember it was just like oh, you know maybe at some point I don't think it was then but at some point that night I think she was like I might ask her to do my show <laughs> yes because uh, hers was only a couple of weeks later it like. was and then Bobby Arlo's was the week after that yeah um, but yeah no I love doing stuff like that like I said it is a little bit easier when you have a bit more resources and that includes a team by the way can I jump in on that point <laughs> yeah because you know the way you say Oh, you know, we always wish for that bit more. Yeah. Do you think that's good? Yeah, of course. Do you think that's like, no, but not even like the fact that you're wishing for it, but the yeah. fact that that is imposed on you. Like oh, there's some no, kind of yeah. ceiling imposed. Oh, no, that, not, uh, sorry, I thought you meant like, is it not great to be ambitious saying like... Oh, I well, would, yeah, no, that's yeah, obviously no, that, amazing. That's but great, yeah. I feel like you're always going to feel like that, regardless of what the budget is. You yeah. know what I mean? Because if you're like, if you get a budget of like... 500 quid say yeah. you'd be like I wish I had 750 yeah, if I have a budget yeah. of 750 I wish I had a thousand you know it's kind of yeah it's just a human condition I yeah. think but do you think that that enables you to be more 
create well I think mm. you kind of touched on it saying yeah. it enables you to be more creative but do you think that that is like a I think I think it could be a, a positive thing to have that and have a restriction there because yeah but it it is because like I was saying like I've done some stuff that have decent budget and some that like I don't have much of a budget at all like mm. even for Bobby Arlo um like she was willing to give me the amount that I usually spend um but in the end I actually just came I just wanted to do something different so I did all the like lamps mm-hmm. and kind of not even a s- sitting room vibe but just kind of like an interesting like lamp setup. Yeah. and then I ended up sp- spending fuck all and she ended up actually very kindly of her giving me uh, the rest of the budget anyway mm. but I loved that because I had never been to the Grand Social I didn't get a chance to do a site visit so I was going in completely blind like I usually like going in and measuring scoping stuff and like scoping it out taking pictures yeah. like I actually take pictures and I kind of like just draw in like I'm literally on Instagram stories I'll just like draw in really roughly like where I plan to put stuff didn't get a chance to do that at all um, I was in the middle of a really intense uh, work period so it was just like but then I went in and all I had was lamps, literally. Like one of the lamps that was suspended above wherever the performer was, um was one that I robbed from my mom's house. Uh that was like her mom's and it was like gonna go in the bin and I was like, Do you need that lamp? Because I'm looking for lamps. And it I just, did, like, do you know what? It did have like that look <laughs> of vibes, that yeah. look of like a nineteen nineties yeah, rural household ex- kind of thing. That's exactly what it was. It was, was. So, it was so nice. Yeah, because like, I saw it and I was like you don't need that, do you? And she was like, "No, nah, I'm going to bin it eventually." And I was like, "I need to, I need to take that. This is definitely the one I'm going to have over her head." Yep. And I absolutely loved how it looked. Like for something so simple, like to her, she was like, "Oh, I don't have much." And I was like, "This is more than enough. Like this is yep. all you need." And she was just like, didn't even ask me any questions. She was just like, "I told this is Bobby now." Yep. She was like, "I totally trust whatever it is you're going to do." Well, see, that's so like that's the important thing yeah. that allows like us to be as good as we can possibly yeah. be. It allows us to have like that like while you do have like well, I think while it's good to have like maybe certain things imposed on you certain kind of restrictions or certain um, limitations mm-hmm. imposed on the work process at times not all the time um, I think that can be conducive to you know something something new like it can, it can something can happen and it might be mm. hold on a minute I now realise that this is the budget I've been working with. I actually don't need yeah. that because I've managed to circumvent this before. Mm. So yeah. it's like beneficial in the long run, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that like, you know, there's always moments like that, eureka moments for yeah. for all of us. For me, with like my workflows, I find that like now I'm using a lot more shortcuts and I can program yeah. in shortcuts into Ableton when I'm using Ableton mm-hmm. and it just allows me to work quickly and you know things like that it's like you, but you figure out some of them by accident sometimes oh it's like God, oh I press this thing hold on a minute what's this I'm oh great I'm bluffing half of the stuff that I do I think we all are to a certain degree <laughs> seriously yeah, I'm just like figuring out as I go along I'm having a little jelly That's <laughs> ASMR moment on the mic oh God no I'm cutting that out I'm cutting it out stop no stop I hate it <laughs> I hate it um, that was funny yeah no it's 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 been great to see like the, I suppose, just you navigate, you know, the management avenue, yes. the uh, booking avenue mm-hmm. and the stage design avenue and see them all succeed in a way that they deserve to succeed. 
um, which is a testament to like putting the work in. I think that's like so, yeah. so important and something that like just to hammer home that it's not just like you aren't just bluffing. I know we're kind of we're joking saying that, you know, we are kind of spoofers to a degree. <laughs> like, I, I think there's <laughs> I think there's an element of, yeah. you know, element of that to it at a certain point in time. Mm. But then it comes to a point where you know your shit mm. and you're good at, you know what you're good at, you know what your strengths I know are. some stuff about some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like that's how people become yeah. those people in the in the industry. You I know? wonder like if I had to nail down like what it is that I'm the most goodest at. Definitely not English. <laughs> um, best, I think, is the word the you're looking for. <laughs> I'm not just pushing over today. Um... What is the best thing? At? I think that my like best skill is like being a like really good, solid support in whatever people's or projects that I'm involved in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I feel like. I'm really good. As in like um, on a on a personal level or no, on like no, a, just in a, in, in a on a personal level on a practical level like as in I'm a good artist manager because I'm a problem solver like if we if something is going wrong I don't don't panic like I don't get stressed about stuff I just am like okay what is the solution do, to yeah, this how do we go about this how now? do I go about it I like I worked on a music video recently where there was like no plan like we were out in the middle of nowhere in a studio and everyone was like, yeah, you have to get back into town now. Nobody drove. And I was like, how do you plan to get back here? And they were like, oh, we don't know. And I was like, right, everyone in the car. Do you know what I mean? And like, I'm I'm a mom at heart. You know, I'm just like, okay, I'm just like able to adapt really quickly to things similar like in, you know, photography or stage design. Like if I don't exactly know what I'm doing, or like there's not enough lighting, I will f- come up with some sort of trick on my phone and do something weird with a, an item I found in a room. Do you know what I mean? Like to get what I need done. And I feel like I'm just like a practical person to have around or to have involved in a project because whatever it is, like I'm not going to stress out about it. I'm going to figure it out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's be called being like reliable or adaptable or something, but in all of the roles that I do, it's relevant. Like, with all set design stuff, like, you're just looking for little nails in the wall that you can, like, you know, uh, loop stuff onto or when, um, when we're in the studio and my can't, like, figure out how to, like, finish off a flow or something so that it makes sense. Like, I can't sing or rap for shit, but, like, because I'm so passionate about it and I'm so invested in it, I'll just on this, just all of a sudden be like, what about this? Do you know what I mean? Like I'll, mm. I'm good at just kind of like just digging in and figuring it out. So I feel like across the board, that's what I'm good at and not any specific like, oh, I'm the best at photography or I'm the best at whatever. Just like being a problem solver. Being a chameleon, I think yes. is, is nice as well. And yeah. like, I think like I'm trying to do that. Mm. Um, I'm trying to do that myself for the last little while, just like trying to be self-sufficient and, mm. you know, um, to a certain degree. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say one thing and do another, you know what mm. I mean? I think it's important to hand stuff off and I do. Yeah. Um, But it's nice to be able to kind of handle things in certain ways and just try out new things. And, you know, like I tried out DJing recently and that seems to yes. be going very well. That's on Something, my bucket list. It's, 
you know what? It's something I did when I was a teen, like yeah. in my late teens, just like through PC stuff. I never had any of like the equipment because um, it was like pre getting a job time, you know, that <laughs> kind of way. Um, and I always loved it and I knew I always had an ear for it. So like I tried it out a couple of months ago. I had, I had my eye on some gear for a while. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to give it a go. And I was messing around with some live stream stuff on Twitch and then you got in touch and I did some live shows nice. and people seemed to enjoy the stuff. And, Excellent. Um, then I did, I did it, Neil put me on his after party then as well. And oh like, yeah, fabulous. That was a lot of fun. So like, uh, you know, I'd like to certainly explore that more. It's something I didn't really me know. Up, honey. Do you know what I mean? I got the gigs. Listen, we'll talk, gigs. we'll talk off we'll mic. Talk, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. <laughs> talk off mic about that. But um, on that note, what is something that you haven't done yet? Aside from everything we spoke about, yes. so like including this kind of, you know, the cultural um, project that you're going to be involved Mo in. Mo cultivation. Mo cultivation. Um, when, you know, aside from all of yeah. that, and, okay. because that's something new that is that's, currently happening, yeah, you know. That's what's happening. What is, is there something outside of all of this that you, you haven't done yet that you'd like to? Yeah, I would really, um, I got a lovely gift for Christmas of like a launch pad I would love to start understanding production a bit more um, a bit more as in I know nothing about it except by ear uh, I'd love to start like learning a little bit more about that um, I've, I've always been interested in making music because I don't I don't have any vocal abilities <laughs> Um, and I have no desires to be an artist yeah. but for example like I would love if Mai has an idea for something and instead of us having to like look through stupid YouTube beats or relying on someone else like I'd love for us to be able to just kind of like work on stuff together to bring to a professional if you know what I mean yeah. like I said like I like to be able to like understand like all the different stuff so that at any moment I can just be like yeah let's just hop on and do this yeah Um. And I would love to learn how to like use CDJs, like the decks. <laughs> the like actual I'm decks, yeah. yeah, I'm really, really interested in music making, like I said, but not my music. Like, put, See, this is the thing about DJing. Together. This is yeah, the thing about DJing. You I mean. can be so creative with it. Yeah, and I would love to like, do that. It's, like, cause I, again, I don't necessarily have a desire to be an artist. I yeah. know I've put out some things before, but that's yeah. kind of just to scratch an itch. Yeah. Um, that I feel like I'm always going to have. Yeah. Um, you know, just having started off as someone who made music as part of an act. Um, I think, I think I'll always have that. Yeah. And I, I'm kind I'm very grateful for that. Um, so I will sporadically do that. But with DJing, it's so much fun because you're like it is kind of like problem solving it's like yeah. it's it, in a way it's like how would I explain it it's like it's not like maths but it's like you, it's it's like a puzzle right so you're yeah. putting things together that sound the same that yeah. fit and then they're all kind of you're like looking at the tempos and you're trying to you know do all of this yes. and then it's keys and stuff like that but it's all made very easy now by everything that's in front of you so you know and uh, obviously easy. not to me I look at that and hey, I'm like what is that before you say that we spoke about the YouTube University true, you know what I mean so true. like you know that's where I learned everything from the get go and even when I got my gear there yeah. towards the end of last year 2021 um, I went back on YouTube and like the resources that have like the resources obviously have improved massively like mm. just people showing you how to do all 
different kinds yeah. of stuff. Like from the fanciest shit ever yeah. to like the most basic thing, mm-hmm. like how to play, press fucking play. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So like that's right. honestly just like get onto it. And no, I totally am. And all you need is a, a little USB stick. That's yeah, I've got loads of USBs. Uh, I always have a USB on my keys. You never know when you need one. Very important. Yeah. Um, but that would be more so just like personal as in just for me for fun. Like I'd love to just know how to yeah. do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there is definitely something that I know I'll want to get into um, down the line and that is like working with uh, youth. Um and uh, in like a com- like a community kind yeah, of yeah, not a in a community emerging arts artists kind of, kind of a thing, yeah. but more so, um, kind of. I I always had this idea for a podcast, which like who doesn't have an idea for a podcast? But twenty twenty two, it'd be hard push to find someone um, without it. Yeah, but basically, kind of along the lines of like shit they don't teach it in school. Um, oh my god right like this is exactly like this is this needs to happen I I have this conversation a, a couple of times a year with, yeah. my, with my pals from school it's like why didn't they teach us how yeah. like you know everything banks work you know <laughs> how, why didn't they yeah. teach us like how how to voting like voting works voting yeah. yeah like all of like registering th- for XYZ like even insurance policies yeah. and yeah. revenue and yeah. becoming self-employed yeah. and you're ticking all of off things. all the boxes yeah. like, like it, it's honestly it's so important like it's navigating so, it, adulthood is so tough 2021 was the hardest year of my life by far like I just went through so much and I remember so much of it just being like real stupid shit that it was just like I I wish that I knew that this is how things went and kind of towards the end of 2020 was like when it kind of what kickstarted the bad year like I was hit with a tax bill and I had to pay preliminary tax on the same day it's not nice it's just like Hard earned savings for years, just like gone. gone. Yeah. And I was lucky that I had the savings, but it was like seven and a half grand yeah, I had to pay in one day. And this was, I just started my master's. I just moved into a, a little gaff with my boyfriend, which was is really expensive because I live in Dublin. Um, <laughs> and I was on the pandemic unemployment pay because I was doing the master's and not working. And to be hit with something like that. And then like I was having car issues and blah, blah, blah. And it was just never ending stuff that it was all just like being an adult sucks kind of a thing you this know this is what I'm talking about when the plate when one plate falls oh my god it was like a rippling knock on effect of it's, just it's deafening like bad this, vibes yeah it was bad vibes but yeah. yeah but besides from that like even before all the hardships of last year I always was interested in, I've always been interested in youth because like I hated being a teenager I had a hard time I struggled with a lot of stuff I'm an only child I often felt like I never really like had not people to lean on, but like the right kind of advice and support. And I wish someone like me came to my school when I was in fourth or fifth year and told them the realities of like what life would be like when you leave. Because like all we're ever told about is like, oh, you should be applying for your college and your CAO forms. It's not like actual stuff that happens to you when you leave the bubble of school. And I feel like... I know so many people who go through all this stuff not realising like how normal it is and like we're not actually told how normal it is to like 
go on these ups and downs and all these kind of things you'll face and all the great stuff that you can do and also all of the other options that aren't you have to go to college you have to know I was 17 years old filling in my CAO form and entering college like how the hell did I know what I wanted to do it turned out event management would be what I wanted to do but like how did you know this is the thing like yeah. how how were you to know at that time like I have such a gripe with this as well I personally didn't go to college yeah. um I'm I am I had to make my peace with that decision a long time ago um it wasn't necessarily because I didn't want to yeah um it was just my own personal situation yeah. I couldn't go to college um and I was absolutely uh, like I'm fine with that now yeah. like I would not change a thing because I learned so much more outside yeah. of academia. Yeah. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And like, that's not to say, that, I'm not saying one is better than the other. No. I'm not. But for me, yeah. that was like, I know that going to college would have been a fucking waste of money. Yeah. Because first of all, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here yeah. right now. Um, But I would have never figured out that I had a love for this. Yeah. And I would have never figured out that I'm good at this. Mm. Because I there never were, know if it was in your destiny. No, there would have been something else. Could have been something. There would, I think there would have been something else. Right. I think the fact that I made it to the, to this point now is a um, product of, you know, the road, the path that's previously yeah, yeah. taken, I guess. But, you know, I'm so, so grateful for that. And like you say, like I was, I felt under pressure yeah. because I wasn't going to college. Yeah. And I felt shit for fucking years mm. about that. Because I thought it was the only thing. Yeah, but it's really not. You know, and now I'm here, I'm yeah. speaking to some of the people I respect, you know, most yeah. in the industry. And I, I get that opportunity to do that. Yeah. All from the fact that. You put in the work. I put in the work. Yeah. And I didn't have to go to college to so do I'm it. I'm the same, like. Like, yeah, look at you now. It's, I mean, it's, I it's, di- it's very no, different. Like, yeah. I have absolutely no. It's very different. Academic you know, background, I should say, that I'm doing any of the stuff I'm doing, obviously, besides from event management and links in. But yeah, um, the thing about like what you need to be doing after school um, and and just like the realities of stuff, like even like friendships and how they change. Uh, sorry with the, the, the symbol. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Uh, navigating family stuff and relationships, long distance relationships, breakups, like... Um, having a kid at a young age like and I had all these plans to kind of get in people I, like real people I knew to talk about with real experiences yeah with real experiences but again like I'm saying I feel like it's really important like in our 20s we're kind of still that like youth approachable age where we can still talk to teenagers and they're not going to roll their eyes because we're just like adults who are so far removed yeah, far, it's like, uh, yeah. yeah I feel like in even though actually my little cousins look at me like I'm trying to be one of them and they're just like, nah, you're an adult. You're not one of us. We don't trust you. We're not going to talk to you. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, maybe older teens and people in school, like honestly, man, I had such a hard time in school, even though like it was great fun and all, but I struggled with a lot of shit and felt like I got absolutely no support whatsoever or like actual <laughs> guidance on the reality of things and mental health and, you know, that you're going to come up against really difficult stuff and, and death and losing people and changing jobs and changing your mind and you know what I mean and even like the opportunities for like travelling and like how to get you know internships abroad and people used to always ask me like oh how do you always travel so much and like how do you save and I used to have a blog 
Mm-hmm. Technically, I still do, but I don't, I haven't posted on it in years. And I realised that like, when I came up with this idea for the podcast, it was kind of like along the lines of like a lot of the stuff I touched on in my blogs. Like, I used to, um, like I had a post I remember called um, How to Know When You're Ready to Live Alone. Like, and it was stuff like, you know, can you be alone when you're hungover? You know, can you make yourself a decent dinner? Uh, like shit like that. And then like the benefits and disadvantages of living by yourself or living independently. And, um, you know, what's it like being, you know, the realities of being a waitress and like all the shit you go through as like a server in the hospitality industry and, and things like that. And I t- touched on more like serious things at times. And then sometimes it was just like tips on, you know, living in Amsterdam or like tips on getting an internship you know stuff like that and I feel like that's all stuff that people want to know about when they're younger because they're like oh how did you do that like people always ask and it's just like it's simple like I just went and did it but here's some tips but yeah it's not that easy for everybody exactly I think to be engaging on a community level I think like what you're doing now with the uh, is Mo Cultivation right? Mo Cultivation cultivation. so when you like are moving into that yeah that's going to be like, it'll be like a nice thing you can add into all of that yeah. and like develop it in with the cultural aspect yeah. and the arts aspect. And I think it's it's going to be great. And I really hope that 2022 is the year that you, 2022 you know, is the year. you keep saying it's going to be. I'm excited. <laughs> it, so. it already is. It already is kicking off to such a good, good start and by no means... Uh, easy going like it's tough like you know you realise you've gone days without showering and like it's <laughs> <laughs> not a feeling yeah. yeah and I mean I do I definitely feel like sorry for my boyfriend I live with him and half the time he's like when are you even like here and here, I'm just like, like yeah. you know what I mean but I think he and everybody else that's close to me knows that like this is just who I am like I like working hard just because I'm working late nights and sometimes not looking after myself it doesn't mean like I'm in a bad spot. Like I'm actually doing stuff that I care about. Like I'm doing jobs that I want to do. I'm self-employed. You know, th- technically this is all on my terms. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is what I want to do. I didn't like doing the working for like the public sector or having an employer just Work being... for someone else. Yeah, just be... But not even for someone else. Just being kind of like this... Just like dropping the ocean in a company. To, a, a nurse on a seat. Like, yeah, yeah, and I just was like, I'm way too creative. I'm way too hardworking. You know what I mean? I almost felt like I'm spending all of my creative energy and ideas and um, kind of like earning money for someone else. Yeah. I hated that. Childish, duck, duck, but he choose me. Get slapped up, but move loosely. Category big black dick, me and your man make a move. Run your life like I'm Susie Show your tits like I'm boozy Might fall in love with a stripper on a T-Pick Have your man say ooh-wee JBC and I dig her These lot love my figure She got stretch marks on her arse Make it bounce just like Tigger uh, all, all my girls like the park Can't can control with a Barbie It goes down under and I'm gnarly On a top ting like I'm Harley Hard work, no paperback I don't rate your trap Eat wheat or bass, make me cereal like ketchup Cheese and a fruit box But yeah, you wanna chat to me? It's funny you mention that because I'm in a situation now where I am yeah. leaving my the, the only job I've ever had really. Yeah. Um, I've been working for nine years in the nine to five office job, and oh I've God, decided now time. it is. Mm-hmm. But um, it was necessary, and yeah. I didn't have 
I did I, like I was I've been working on building this now to a point where I can actually like jump off and do yeah. that, which is amazing. It's it's amazing, but I'm like I'm fucking terrified. Yes, but at the same time, I know, I like like you said, I need to do this on my own terms mm-hmm. now. I like I am far. T- I, I have far too much energy that I can't spend doing this thing that I love, doing music production, doing recording podcasts like this, mm-hmm. having a conversation with someone in the music industry and getting their, you know, their angle on things and how how they live and mm-hmm. how they go about their daily business. Like, I haven't got enough time to sit down with songwriters, you know, yeah. do like fucking DJ sets on Twitch. I don't, I don't have enough. Yeah, you don't have time. I don't have enough time to do that because I'm spending eight hours a day mm-hmm. as an artist on the seat for someone yeah. who realistically is going to backfill my job as soon as I leave. Yes. And that's fine. That's just how the world works. Yes. That's, that's fine. But I need to now do this for me. Yeah. So I am, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm terrified, but I'm excited for this year. And it's nice to know that like there's a bit of solidarity because I'm not going to be the only one who's doing that. No. Just, you know, it's it's nice to have the confidence to yeah. do it. Yeah. Knowing and seeing people yeah. like you in yeah. particular, who's like one person who's like in my close creative circle yeah. that I'm seeing succeed. And, and it, is it gives me a lot of hope, though. It gives me a lot of hope for, for everyone, for everyone, not just for me. No. And then... Like someone like you obviously is like put in the grind, knows what you're doing. You have great connections and peers. It's so important to always be networking, go outside your comfort zone. Like, do you know what I mean? Like make new friends in different circles because I think like to stay on top of your game, like you need to be always trying to like better yourself and not yeah. just like record with the same people or whatever, you know what I mean? No, like, you have to try things. and, there's, uh, like again, you talk about the comfort zone, like I, yeah. I've said this to a couple of people, I, someone asked me recently, it's like, what, is there anything I'd like to take on now that I'm leaving my job? Yeah. Like I'd love to do like an instrumental punk record or, you know, an indie record yeah. or something like that because I feel like if I, excuse me, if I find the right act, I know that I'll be able to add value. Amazing. You know, I know I that. you would. And like, it's something that I'm, I'd be fucking very excited to do. Like really excited. There'd be a lot of energy I'd like to take out of that. And like, I, don't get me wrong, I'd still of course love to work with, you know, pop and rap and mm. stuff that I've, stuff that I know now I can do well. Yeah. But that's something that I feel like would be a challenge and it'd be a very welcome challenge. And it'd be something that I would really love to try. Yeah, you um, should. Challenges are great. It's just about, you know, the right being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And, you know, I think more than most people, that <laughs> that's that's certainly like a lot of the element of the background of the, you know, creative industry. Totally. Particularly the music industry is right place at right time, I oh feel like, God. in a lot of cases. Completely. You know? um, but also, it's also about the people who put themselves in those places. Yes. Like you're not going to get anywhere by just hanging around with the same people and all the time. And also just like sitting in and or being like, wish I did this, wish exactly, I did that. Like you got to immerse. Yeah, you got to immerse yourself. Yeah. Um, and people do often ask me like, oh, how do you like manage to meet so many people? Like, unfortunately, a lot of it is like Instagram. Um, but like most I'd say that's mostly because of the pandemic like there's not much it was an important networking tool I think before that I think it's kind of amplified itself a little bit now because there hasn't been those social situations where Mm -hmm. we've been able to you know be lucky enough to be at a gig or you know be in the presence of someone else yeah Um, 
to the degree that we would have been in 2019, you know? Yeah. Um, but I say Instagram, yeah. but I say like when, you know, for in general, like if there's a chance that you probably won't meet them or, you know, you you don't have any sort of connection with them. But it's like literally inviting yourself to stuff like going places, even if you don't know how many people, like obviously I'm talking about like safe spaces, but um, just putting yourself out there. Yeah. Like the amount of things I go to. Well, I, I'm like I said before, like I'm an independent gal, only child. Like I've always done my own thing. But like even in New York, I was just like, right, I want to start getting back into like photography and film because film and video was where my original passion always lied. Yeah. But I was like, how am I going to get into that? Okay, I think I need to start with photographs first because that's a bit easier than full-blown shoots. Yeah. And what am I going to do? I was like, well, surely Instagrammers want their photo taken. And I literally just created Caught Up Creatives account on Instagram. Didn't put my name on it or anything. Reached out to a couple of like New York Instagrammers with like, you know, moderate followings. I was like, hi, I'm a photographer from Ireland. Uh, can I take photos of you for your portfolio? And they were like, yeah, no problem. Totally on board. I had nothing to show for, no background about me, completely like bluffing my way in. And I just started taking pictures of them. I went to this like brunch event um, and on my own and just like met people there and I ended up taking photos of them. And then through that, then I started having a bit more of a, Instagram portfolio and it was just by inviting myself uh, to things on my and going by myself and following sorry (laughs) following up and then reaching out on Instagram was I able to actually build up now in my opinion those photos are now crap to me but I needed to do them I had to do that at the start to figure out what I was doing to come off of autofocus to really start to kind of understand like what kind of pictures do I even like taking like I wasn't sure yet it turns out it's just people's faces is my favourite thing and that's how I started but it was literally inviting myself to stuff where I didn't know anybody and Instagram so whenever people ask like oh how do you end up meeting people it's like you gotta put yourself out there Um, and the worst thing like oh also one thing I'd like to say as well is that like it seems like no sorry I am involved in a lot of stuff but the amount of people I have reached out to who just totally just ignore me or don't reply or don't get it and the amount of things I've put myself forward for that I don't get and to this day don't get um, like when I got back to Ireland there was a couple of artists and models and stuff who I reached out to on Instagram thinking it would be the same but it turned out it was a lot easier in New York because <laughs> uh, people in Ireland sometimes are just like oh well I don't know you or there is an element of that yeah, yeah um, so like I've been blanked so many times but like you can't take a personal like they don't know you or they don't like your work that that grand someone else will want to get to know you or do like your work so just keep going you know don't see a I mean I actually ended up I remember I reached out to somebody on Instagram I don't know it was I was making a documentary last summer about women in Irish music mm. and I'm pretty sure I, I just I I DM'd someone uh, we had never met yet but I was just like look I know it's a long shot we don't know each other but I'm making this thing for my masters would you like to be involved and they saw it and never replied and like again I 
I know that I don't, can't take that personal like no. they don't know you but then I ended up meeting them and we connected on Instagram and then they saw my message and they were like oh my god when did you send that and I was like last summer and they were like I'm <laughs> so sorry I did not like they were like I must have just read this and then just like forgot to reply I'm really sorry and it was funny because then we started working together and I was like you're fine yeah. <laughs> but like you never know like you might then one day be in contact with them but yeah, it's funny how it kind of can come back around like that full yeah circle. yeah but just don't take it personally, you know, like. Is that the biggest piece of advice you could offer someone in the industry? Or who was looking to step into yeah. one of the, I suppose, avenues that you have already wandered down, you know? Yeah, what I guess, would be your biggest piece of advice? I guess the whole thing of like, put yourself out there um, and don't let the kind of failures or not getting replied to kind of hold you back because everybody has their own story. Like there might be a reason someone didn't reply that day. Your email might have gone into their junk. They might have opened it, intended to reply and then completely forgot because they have like 20 other unread, you know, message filters. I think we've all got shit like that going on. Like like, I I could open my WhatsApp at any one time and there's like 17 messages that I haven't read or the same with like my emails, my email, like my emails, I do my very best, but like after a day on my nine to five job where all I'm dealing with is emails. I know. Like it's incredibly difficult to like look then at other emails and engage creatively. So sometimes they can, you know, it's not that... I haven't seen it and I yeah. don't care. Yeah. It's that I want to give you the energy that you deserve when you I have the deserve time. to be met with. Yeah. yeah you know, um, no, that's... and that I would like to portray, mm, you know, I would yeah. like, you know, you don't want, you want to be your best self when yeah. you're putting, you know, you're taking one hat off and you're putting another hat on and you yeah. know that more than anyone. But well, yeah, no, that would, that's would definitely my advice in terms of someone who like wants to get into something, but doesn't necessarily have the in. Um, it's like put yourself out there um, try like the the worst thing that's going to happen is they're either going to say no or they're not going yeah, to reply to you nothing will change like so yeah. but so what like it doesn't matter ha- the worst thing that will happen <laughs> yeah. if you give something a go is nothing will change yeah like someone saying no yeah is that doesn't change anything yeah. do you know what I mean it changes it changes absolutely nothing yeah. it doesn't mean you can't do it again yeah so I think like something that took me fucking years to learn was that was just kind of learning to be objective like that. Mm-hmm. You know, try not to, try to see things as objectively as you can. And I think that like, sometimes that, like in, in my, cer- certainly in my walk of the industry, you know, you kind of have to step into someone else's shoes like I would. Yeah. But you kind of have to be a bit more, you have to be a bit more attached kind of 100% of the time. Mm. Excuse me, because of the artist's vision. You need to kind of execute that when it comes to management. You need to be on board with that. When it comes to stage design, you need to be mm-hmm. on board with that. Um, not necessarily booking, but I'm kind of more talking about yeah. when you're working with artists. And for me, I can, like, I need to understand. I need to step into their shoes yeah. for about 50% of the time. Mm. And after that, I need to step back and say, you know, be objective about, yeah. you know, it has to be quality. Mm. Performance has to be key. And also, like, then trying to make sure that, let's say, if, you know, if it's a rapper and there's certain words that could flow slightly better, mm. like, drop a syllable here, maybe, yeah, and they yeah, might not yeah. have thought of that. So, and, you know, because they're so in Into, yeah, their own world. And that's fine. Like, that's what I'm there for, you know, and that's exactly. what you're there for to do yeah. when it comes to, you know, the management and the stage design is stepping into their shoes and 
trying to understand and like when you do develop such a good relationship like you have with Celebi yeah. Demai, um, as a manager, you're able to do that and have the freedom to do that without her worrying about what's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's that's a big part of it as well. Like I've, I know I have met a lot of managers since I started in this industry who are like really negative and they they will make the situations worse when stuff is going wrong for their artists. And in my opinion, it's our job as managers to make your artists feel like everything is going fine, like that you're going to have a great show. Like, for example, if it's a live thing, you're going to have a great show. You go upstairs and you get ready, look and feel good. Like, don't worry about any of this bullshit happening down here because there will always be bullshit happening, especially with, like, sound engineers and drummers or... When there's when there's so many moving parts. Yeah, yeah there's, there's going to be something. I always I always say... Um, it's something, I, you know, I was MDing Nilo's shows for the tour and I was always saying three things are going to go wrong. Every night, expect three things yeah. to go wrong. There's always, you like, going to be something. Always expect three things to go wrong. And just roll with it. Yeah. If exactly. there's more, it's fine. Three things have already gone wrong. Yeah. So like, it's just one more to add to the queue. If two, that's one less than I was yeah. expecting. If none, perfect. Yeah. Great. Uh, but I think it's like with, when there's so many things happening at once. Yeah. Something's going to happen that might not, you might not have been expecting. It's important to just kind of like let that go, you know. Yeah. Um, like you said, just kind of don't. Get too caught up in it. Yeah, no, I think it's important. And I have been around managers who like project their stress or insecurities or pressure onto artists or the band or whatever, or like the team in general. And I just think that is just like such a wrong way to go about it. Like, I really do believe in kind of pressure situations like events. It's like, it's our job to be like, everything's cool here, guys. Like, if there is any issues, I'll take care of it. You focus on the performance because the last thing you want them worrying about is like, oh, how come the sound wasn't right? Or like, why is uh, X and Z like beefing with each other? It's just like, no, everything is all good. And I hate seeing managers who are like, then upstairs in the green room being like, oh, did you see your man downstairs? It's such a shit show. Do you know what I mean? And I see that and I'm like, I don't respect that at all. I'm just like, why are you putting more stress and pressure on them? Like, mm. you yourself are c- causing tension by being like this, like, breathe it out, get some air, let it go, like, solve the problem, like, don't make it worse. Um, I think that's, like, really important from a manager's point of view to just never be, I guess, the source of stress. Yeah, I think it's important to like have a level head as someone who's on a team that yeah. like works to that level. Yeah. I, like I certainly feel like I can do that. Yeah. Um, if things aren't going right in the mm-hmm. studio, sometimes like it happens. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't make magic every single time you step through the door. Yeah. Um, especially if you've been doing it for a long time. So you know, I'm seeing because I've been doing it for a long time. You know, I see sometimes where days aren't necessarily as creative as others and they're not mm-hmm. as productive as others. That's okay. Yeah. You can only give what you can. Yeah. And like, it's important to just roll with the punches. Yeah. Always roll with the punches. Same, like you being a manager and you're yeah. like, okay, something's gone wrong. We deal with it. We cross the bridge. We, you know, fix the problem before it gets to whoever it needs to get to. Yeah. You know, you're rolling with the punches. Yeah. It can, you know, same can be applied in absolutely any walk of life, I think. And I think the world would be a lot better of a place you know if yeah. we all had that mindset look so it's just it's it's a lot easier for yeah. some people to let well, go artists can't you know you see that's 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 our jobs as like a team because artists can't they're obviously nervous about what they're doing this is their art this is their job this is their, like for someone like that it's very my, precious to them yeah it's like and I it think 
her greatest like if so, if you say like what is Celebi Mai's like unique selling point it's her performing live yeah that's what she does best like she writes amazing bars she's incredible looking and she's a whole package of what an artist should be in my opinion but the performing live element is what sets her apart from most artists I think so anyway so especially when it comes to live performances that's when all problems are left at the door and like whatever it is we're creating good energy good vibes because she's nervous because it means so much to her and she wants the band to sound great because it means so much to her and she wants everyone to be getting along and for all of the energy to be good Um, but she won't say that I just know that that's what she needs so because I know that about her I ensure that I can facilitate that if something went wrong during her set or the band like skipped a song by accident or something like do you think I'm going to be saying straight after the show oh why was that song skipped or like oh so and so it's that was incredible focusing on the positives you know if there is need for any sort of constructive criticism or some feedback wait a couple of days let them let them be artists and enjoy the amazing shows they've put on or the amazing song that they've just finished recording or whatever it's our job as the team to kind of be working in the background to get to that stuff another time if you know what I mean because artists are so precious about what they do um, and you'd be worried if they weren't like if they yeah. didn't give a fuck do you know what I mean but I think that there's a time and place for constructive criticism feedback or like dealing with negativity um, and I think that it's like as much as possible away from the artist otherwise it'll just stress them out and they won't give it their all or their mind will be on something else so yeah. I in regards to like advice for managers I think or teams in general like if you have a role to play if you could just like take any sort of negativity or issues or stress away from the artist when they're doing their thing then you're doing a good job. Yeah. Um, that's not to say like take everything in and be a bundle of stress and not get to vent, but just there's a time and place. So yeah, you have to be a team player and be willing to like take that for the team, I think is when it works the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've said everything that could have possibly been said about <laughs> like that I've been looking to kind of get yeah. answers to myself. And yeah. I think that um, anyone listening to this is going to take an awful lot from us. So, Becca, thank you very, very much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Sorry for how much I was talking. <laughs> no, honestly, it's great. The, like, the more I, I can drill into things like yeah. this, the better. So, thank you very, very much. Thank you. See you soon. Stay tuned for more cultivation. It gets hard sometimes because everything I knew was taken from beneath me. I remember when it used to be beneath me and now when he walk past you don't even see me it's not even a hi it's not even a hello it's not even a mine it's not even a solo i mean solo be the mind lost myself i think i lost my mind i guess that's fucking life right i gotta do it right always in the wrong so i gotta do it right drag the pain away i almost lost my life wish i would die so many tears i cry and that's right surrounded by people but i still feel alone lost in the chaos Yeah.
thank you so so much Becca for joining me um, thank you listener for staying tuned it was a lengthy episode but I think it was worth its weight in gold um, so many you know knowledge bombs in there a lot to be taken away not just from people who would you know align themselves with the same roles as Becca in the industry but you know artists um, creatives in general um, whoever you know I think if you work in any kind of creative role or industry you can take something from um, a lot of Becca's points there and I was really um, I was very much um, on the edge of my seat the entire time and I was very much looking forward to what she had to say next so um, thank you again Becca and here's to 2022 being as successful as you hope just before signing off, I'd just like to mention that No Encore is on Patreon at patreon.com slash no encore. It allows us to keep the lights on. Um, it's such a great token of appreciation for, um, you know, what we do here. And we are massively grateful for all of the patrons so far. So I'd be very, very grateful if you could, um, you know, consider giving us the price of uh, a pint or a really overpriced coffee in the likes of Starbucks or something like that. <laughs> um, there goes there any, you know, any chance of sponsorship there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a small gesture once a month and it's like, you know, it does help such a phenomenal amount for um, anything that we're doing. So thank you so, so much to anyone who has signed up so far and we're massively grateful to you and we're very, very hopeful to hear um, of some more signups and see some new faces on the Patreon um, in 2022. So that's it for the latest edition of uh, Before the Encore and the first one of 2022, January's edition. I'll be back at the end of February. This periodical comes out on the, on the last Monday of every month. So it'll be the last Monday in February when the next one comes out. Um, stay tuned. Please subscribe uh, to the No Encore podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, make sure that the latest episodes come directly to you as they come out. Um, we have an episode coming out every Friday. Please, 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 I implore you to listen to the guys. It's so good. I know I'm biased, but please listen. I'm hoping that 2022 will be another excellent year for the podcast. 2021 given all of its obstacles, was still an extremely prolific time for the No Encore podcast, so we're very, very happy. Um, and we are independent, so all of your support is massively appreciated. I'm Sonic Architect Adam. Thank you for listening to Before the Encore. I'll be back next month. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.